Welcome to the Simply Resilient Podcast, episode number 42, The Cupcake Concept. My name is Jessie Ellertson, and I am a life coach and a military wife who is in the trenches of life with each of you. This podcast is for military wives who know how to handle the challenges of deployments and frequent trainings, but want to improve the experience that they are having in the process. If you are ready to thrive while your husband is away, then you are in the right place. So I'm going to start off by saying that today was Cinco de Mayo and Taco Tuesday on the same day. So I hope wherever you guys are, you had some sort of fiesta to celebrate because we all just need more fiestas in our lives right now. Okay, now for our battle buddy moment. Today, it's a review for the podcast from Lockaloo Joan. And they say, great podcast. Jesse knows what military wives have been through and how to help them with the load they carry. Thanks for sharing the work, Jesse. Short but sweet. I love it. Thank you so much for that review and keep them coming, you guys. I really appreciate it. So you might be intrigued by the title of the podcast today if you've never heard me talk about my cupcake analogy or this cupcake concept that I love to apply in my life and teach to my clients. So I'm going to teach you guys about it today a little bit more in depth Okay, so the cupcake concept, I recently explained it to a friend in a text, and I'm going to read that to you guys today. So here's part of my text. I said, I have learned that it's very healthy in a relationship for us to take care of our needs and let our partner have fun working on our wants. We can and should definitely take care of some of our own wants too. Have I ever told you my cupcake analogy? It explains this concept better. In this analogy, we are responsible for what it takes to create our cupcake and fix it when it cracks. Then anything anyone else says or does is just delicious frosting on top of our cupcake. This is such a helpful concept to me because then if people do anything negative or potentially hurtful, we can know that they are only taking away from our frosting. Their action never threatens our cupcake. We're the only one that can touch our cupcake. We're the only one who can damage and repair our cupcake with our thoughts. You know that I believe our thoughts are the start of everything. The cupcake is the only thing we need. It's delicious even with no frosting, even though we all prefer cupcakes with frosting. Frosting is our wants, and we don't need frosting to be happy. It's just bonus. It's our job to take care of our cupcake, and we're the best one to do it. Nobody else is as good at doing it as we are, yet we often want to give the job away to others. When we get into trouble is when we get a crack in our cupcake and we go to people in our lives saying, use your frosting to fix the crack in my cupcake. Other people's frosting can't fix our cracks, only we can. And all other people have is frosting. I've been applying this concept in my own life and teaching it to my clients, and it's been doing some amazing things. I also added this little caveat because I know that sometimes when we hear concepts like this, we're quick to go to a worst case scenario and see how this concept wouldn't work in that worst case scenario. So I added this caveat in my text. I said, this cupcake concept is meant to be applied in healthy functioning relationships, romantic relationships, friend relationships, family relationships, not in dysfunctional or abusive relationships. So there are obviously situations where this cupcake concept could be abused or misused. If you are in a dysfunctional, abusive, or damaging relationship, I would never want you to use these concepts I'm teaching to make you feel like I'm saying stay in that relationship because you're the one who takes care of your cupcake and, you know, everyone else is just frosting. And, you know, this is meant for healthy, thriving, functioning relationships that just struggle here and there and you're wanting to improve them or you're wanting to feel better in that relationship or more sure and strong and, you know, all of those things. So I will add that caveat from time to time, but pretty much all 
life coaching concepts are meant to be applied in a functioning relationship. If you're in an abusive relationship, you can definitely take these concepts and twist the words to say, well, see, my life coach says that I'm the one making me sad or that I hurt me, you know, and and that's not ever what we intend. So please hear that. Okay, so let's go on to talk about, I know in previous episodes, I've talked about how a really healthy place to come from in a relationship is to want things without needing them to be happy. And that's why I love in this cupcake concept how our needs are the cupcake and that's our responsibility and our wants are the frosting. And even we put some frosting on our own cupcakes, like I mentioned, because our wants aren't always up to other people, but it's very safe and healthy and fun to put our wants out there in the world. Be, you know, we can be very clear about what we would prefer from the people around us, what would be so fun to get from the people around us, and then just make sure that, what, that we are keeping that category straight in our head. We don't need those things from them. We just, it's so fun to get those things from them or to, you know, get that validation, that response, that, that boost... And then at the same time, if we're not getting those things from other people to realize this is the time in my life where I'm not getting a lot of frosting from other people. So I'm going to have to work and be intentional about creating that frosting for myself so that my wants and my needs are met. Another reason I love this concept is it really emphasizes ownership and responsibility. It talks about how our cupcake is our responsibility. And you still might not totally be sure what the cupcake is, and I'm going to give you guys a bunch of examples to help you understand, but feeling any certain way or experiencing any certain thing is always 100% up to us to complete the main part of the experience, the needs, right? And then anything on top of that is just bonus. That's such a fun way to live. I want to emphasize that it's a normal human desire to want validation and confirmation from other people. I've noticed that in myself as I've started to really analyze this and see how it's working in my brain. My main love language is words of affirmation, if you've ever done the love languages test. And I love talking to people. I love getting compliments from people. I love hearing from people what they think about what I'm doing, what I'm creating, you know. And so when I first started to analyze this concept, I thought, oh man, I need to stop wanting to hear those things from other people so much. But this helped me clear it all up because I don't have to stop wanting that. I just have to make sure that I'm not using their words to try to fix cracks in my cupcake. I examine my cupcake for cracks and then I either own my cracks and say, it's okay, I just have some cracks here and still just put people's frosting on top. But I just really get into trouble when I think I need people's validation or need people's confirmation in order to have the experience I want to have or feel the way I want to feel. And when I do that, I take their frosting and I try to fix my cracks with their frosting. So that's been really helpful to me to to clear it up that way. Okay, so I'm going to give you a bunch of examples to help illustrate this point. And I'm starting with one that's kind of funny, but I love it, especially because Mother's Day is coming up this weekend. So the first example I want to give you about how to apply the cupcake concept is how we experience important holidays or things like that. So the ones that came to mind immediately were Mother's Day, our birthday, our anniversary, Valentine's Day, Christmas, I want you to think about, we're just going to focus on Mother's Day right now in this example since it's coming up. I want you to think about in the past, as you've experienced Mother's Day, think back to Mother's Days that went really, really well and think back to Mother's Days that didn't go so well and then start to think about what made it go that way. And one thing that I have learned over time is that I used to think that what other people did was what made Mother's Day go well or not go well. And that was a big problem because 
in my mind, the perfect definition of the perfect Mother's Day is I get the day off and I'm spoiled and pampered and people take care of me and tell me what a wonderful mother I am. And I have my husband there who is the father of my children and my children and my and my husband, they honor the mother that I am and take care of everything that I usually take care of and more and take care of me. Anyway, I'm being a little dramatic, but it's kind of this on and on of this is what would be like just my 100% ideal Mother's Day. And sometimes it goes pretty close to that. Other times, not so much. Um, A few that come to mind immediately are the Mother's Days that Brad's had to miss from being gone for military things. So Uh, speaking of this weekend, he'll be away. So often he's away for drill weekend, trainings, deployments. Um, He works for the airlines, so he might be gone on a trip for that. And so he's missed quite a few Mother's Days. And if my ideal version of Mother's Day has him heavily in it, and that's the only way I can experience Mother's Day in an ideal way, then that is me expecting Brad's frosting to create my cupcake And if he can't be there, then I just don't get to have the Mother's Day I want to have. Another time that I can think of is that my daughter's birthday often lands on Mother's Day. And so we'll share the day, which has been so fun. And we've learned how to do that really beautifully where she still does little things for me. And I do little things for her, even though we're both having our special day. But what I've learned as the way that I experience holidays is just 100% completely up to me. My experience and my feeling about that holiday is absolutely in my control and up to me to create the experience I want. And this is what I mean. I need to decide what I want the day to look like and then go about putting whatever in place needs to happen to make it happen. And I need to decide what my cupcake represents of that day. So for example, I make sure that if I want a gift from Brad, I tell him exactly what I want for Mother's Day or my birthday or whatever. And if I don't want a gift, because sometimes I'd rather, you know, maybe we're saving money, then I'll just let him know. Right now we're saving money. Please don't buy me a present. Here's what I want. And then I just tell him exactly what I want. And then I make sure that I've set the day up in a way that I'll take care of my needs and my cupcake. And then anything anybody else does beyond that is all just lovely bonus frosting. And when I set my day up that way, then I take care of my cupcake, even if I take care of it through other people, like for example, telling Brad exactly what I want, or sometimes just buying my own present of exactly what I want, then I'm not putting my needs on other people. I'm not saying, Brad, make my Mother's Day amazing. I hope you know what to do. And I'll just sit there with high expectations and hope that it gets done right or whatever. And then end the day disappointed and wondering why he couldn't guess what it was that I wanted. So as Mother's Day approaches, I would just invite you guys to try this on. Just decide what your cupcake would look like for Mother's Day, what your needs are for the day. Make sure that you do everything in your power to create those needs and not put any of your needs on other people. Then you can make all kinds of requests and other things that were all in the wants category. It would be so fun if I got breakfast in bed, but it's absolutely frosting, right? I could get breakfast in bed or not. Either way, it'll be fine because that's just frosting. So just take a look at at Mother's Day in that frame of mind. Okay, here's some more examples. There is a cupcake when it comes to your self-confidence and believing that you are enough. So when we are doubting ourselves or doubting our abilities or doubting our enoughness, those are cracks in our cupcake that we need to be willing to take a look at, gain some awareness around, and work on our own personal beliefs and thoughts and opinions of ourselves. But what we tend to do, like I said in the text, we want to give this job away to other people. And that's actually our lower brain offering that solution to us saying, let's go ask my husband what he thinks of me. 
let's go ask my sister or my friend or my cousin if they think that I'm a good person or if I'm doing a good job or if my if I'm talented or if they like something I did, you know, rather than taking care of your cupcake first by deciding what you want to believe about yourself, deciding to believe that you're enough, deciding what your level of confidence is, what your opinion of yourself is. And even if you still have cracks in your cupcake, that's okay. But just owning those cracks and saying, that's something that I'm working on, but I'm never going to go up to someone else and say, do you think I'm enough? And then when you have that natural human desire to want validation and confirmation from others, you remind yourself, I want to hear this nice thing from someone telling me they like my idea, they like what I did, but I'm going to remember that this is just a want, not a need. It's frosting. It's bonus. It'll be fun to hear this, but I don't need to hear this to know that I'm enough. You have a cupcake when it comes to your physical appearance and feeling attractive. This is similar to the self-confidence one, but it's more of, again, back to the opinion you have of yourself, but the opinion specifically you have about the way you look. I want you to take some time to think about your belief in your attractiveness and the way you look physically and what you want that belief to be, what you want your cupcake to look like. Determine what are your needs when it comes to your physical appearance and what are your wants when it comes to physical appearance. For example, I need to spend time every day enjoying the way I look and liking how I fit in my clothes and thinking highly of myself and my level of attractiveness. I need to believe that I'm attractive to my husband and that's my job. And I want him to say to me, you are so attractive. I want him to say to me, you are so beautiful. And that's frosting. What he says and does is so awesome and I love it, but it's frosting. So it's my job and it's my, I have a need to take care of my cupcake in that I believe that I am attractive to my husband and that all starts with my thoughts. And when we're not sure if we're attractive and then we go to our partner to try to fix that crack, we're just going to come up short every time. It's not their job and they cannot do it as well as we can of creating that belief in your attractiveness. Your lower brain is the one who wants to delegate that job to other people. So just start to watch for it. And again, remember, if you are not feeling just 100% solid in your belief of your attractiveness, that's okay. You just say, those are cracks that I'm working on and it might take some time. And when my husband tells me I'm beautiful, I'm just going to let that be frosting on the top. You have a cupcake when it comes to feeling some really important things in your marriage, like the attractiveness. Some other examples are feeling connected in your marriage, feeling loved in your marriage, and feeling heard in your marriage. That last one's really interesting because we would think, how can I feel heard? Isn't that a two-person equation? They have to hear me in order for me to feel heard, or they have to tell me they hear me, or they have to acknowledge that they understood what I said, or something in order for me to feel heard. And I would just love to tell you that feeling heard in your marriage is your cupcake. The need you have there is your responsibility to take care of. And what your partner offers you beyond that, saying, I hear you, I understand, tell me more. Those things are so wonderful to hear and they are frosting. Those are your wants. That's going to be hard for some of you to hear. And at first I resisted that concept because I thought, no, it's It's up to him to hear me in order for me to feel heard. But I take so much power back into my life when I know that I determine with my thoughts if I feel heard. I can believe that I've been heard even if my partner doesn't say to me, I hear you. Even if he forgets what I said and I'm tempted to think he doesn't listen. I can still decide that I have been heard, that I've said my part and I have been heard. And my needs when it comes to this cupcake are to say what I feel 
to my partner and to believe that I'm heard. Those are my needs and him hearing me and saying he hears me and understanding me and acknowledging me are my wants and my frosting. And the reason why that is so important is we cannot control what anyone else does. And so if we place needs on other people, then we are setting ourselves up to just fall short. Like I said before, as soon as you categorize everything I need is my responsibility and everything I want is open up to other people, you're just keeping yourself so empowered and so responsible and just all the ownership right where it belongs. And it feels so good. And it takes all of this pressure off other people to fix your cupcake. That's a really big thing to put in someone else's lap and they may not even realize you've been doing it, but it's going to do wonders for your marriage when you stop doing that, when you stop setting a cracked cupcake in front of someone else saying, what can you do with this? Instead, you keep that cupcake and you say, this is, I'm working on this. This is something I'm working on. It's okay that these cracks are here. Sometimes you'll fix them and that will feel so good. Sometimes you'll create new ones and that's okay too. And the frosting comes and goes on top and we love it when it's there and we're fine when it's not. And we even know how to create our own frosting. It's just such a wonderful and empowering place to come from. Or another example is that you have a cupcake that represents your spiritual beliefs. So I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And when I was young, I learned over the years what it was that I believed. I went to church with my family. And in our church, we highly encourage that you bear your testimony to other people, whether it be other members of our church, members of our ward family, friends, any, anyone, just anytime you feel the need, you bear your testimony of what you believe to the people around you. And when I was young, I just listened to other people's testimonies and it took me some time to assemble together what it was that I believed. And at first I was definitely leaning on the beliefs of others. So another important caveat of this cupcake concept is that this is for adults. Children definitely have needs and wants, but the way they apply this concept in their lives is quite different. So this is for adults in functional lives, functional relationships, and this is where you can really effectively apply this concept. So as a youth, I relied on the beliefs of others as I built my own testimony, as I worked to decide what it was that I believed and I learned more about my religion and I experienced other people and other people's religions and I had my own, just my own experiences that helped me know what I believe. And now as an adult, I'm always working on my spiritual beliefs and my testimony, but I know now as an adult, I don't rely on the beliefs of others. I don't turn to someone and say, I know I can believe in this if you believe in it. Instead, I say, my cupcake is me knowing for myself what I believe, for me having a relationship with God, my own personal relationship with God. And then anything anybody else offers me, insight, wisdom, their testimony is all wonderful and I love it. But it's definitely just frosting on top of the cupcake that represents my spiritual beliefs. Another example is that you have a cupcake that represents believing that you are a good mom or believing that you are a good friend or a good wife or a good daughter. I'm going to go with the mom one out of these several examples, but it applies very similarly. So the cupcake represents believing that you're a good mom. And one thing that we will have a strong urge to do is we'll get a crack in our cupcake, in our mom cupcake, and we'll go to seek evidence to say, 
am I still a good mom even if I have a crack? And we'll seek evidence from people around us, from evidence around us, from things people say, from what our children are doing. We tend to look at the results that our children are achieving as proof if we're a good mom or not. And it is so, so valuable. Separate your results as a mother from your children's results as the children. And so we might say, oh, well, my children are getting good grades, so I must be a good mom. But I want to tell you that the children getting good grades is frosting. It's absolutely frosting. You cannot control that. But you can make your kids attend school when they're healthy, right? You can require that they spend an hour sitting down at their homework. You can't make them do it. But as a mom, you can say, to be a good mom, I make sure my kids make time for their homework every day. Whether they do it or not is up to them. Whether they get good grades or not is up to them. Another thing you can say is, as a good mom, when my kids fail a test, they get a certain consequence. You know what I mean? And so that's how you separate. You say, here's my cupcake as being a good mom. Being a good mom of kids who are in school, this is what I do. And these are the parts within my control. And these are my needs. My needs and my cupcake represent the parts that are in my control. And when my kids get good grades, that's frosting on my cupcake. And when they get bad grades, it just takes away a little frosting from my cupcake. And your kids' grades will never create a crack in your cupcake. You do that with your thoughts. You say, they got bad grades, I must be a bad mom. Crack, right? You crack your cupcake with your thoughts. It's a very powerful concept. It can be a little daunting at times, but it's also just such good news because if you're the only one that can crack or repair your cupcake, you are just completely out of that victim position and into just complete personal responsibility, which feels so good and and emotional adulthood like we talked about in a previous episode. One more example from believing that you're a good mom is knowing that the good mom cupcakes look very different from one cupcake to another. Have you ever noticed that you feel great about what you're doing as a mom until you get on Facebook or until you hang out with someone and hear the ways they're doing it and then suddenly your way is not good enough? right? That's a thought that you have and that's a crack in your cupcake. So the way you repair that crack of, oh, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing the same amount. My cupcake doesn't look like this other mom's cupcake. The way you fix that crack is you decide intentionally to believe that you're enough, believe that what you're doing is enough. And rather than trying to make your cupcake look like anybody else's, you decide what you want your cupcake to look like. What it looks like when your needs for being the good mom you want to be are met by you. And then you intentionally categorize anything that comes from anybody else, them saying you're a good mom, them saying you're not a good mom, or anything that implies those concepts as frosting, adding or taking away frosting. That's all it is. And those concepts apply, like I said, to believing you're a good friend, wife, or daughter, which are other really important roles in your life. It's never up to somebody else to give us permission to believe those things. We just get to give ourselves permission. Did you know that you can do that? Give yourself permission to believe you're an amazing mom and an amazing friend and an amazing wife and an amazing daughter by intentionally deciding what that cupcake looks like for you. Okay, you have a cupcake when it comes to believing in your ideas and your goals and your decisions. So when we're faced with a decision, Have you ever found yourself really wanting to know what a lot of other people thought about what they would do if they're making this decision? Or if you are getting ready to make the decision, you want to know what they think about the decision you're making. You want that validation, that confirmation, which is totally fine. Just remind yourself that the decision is your cupcake. Believing in the decision, believing that it's the right one is completely up to you. It's completely up to you to make it the right decision or to make it a worthy goal. And when we go to other people, Once we've taken care of our cupcake or owned our cracks, 
and we get their opinion on our decision or our goal or our idea, we can just say, it's wonderful to hear. I'm glad to know your decision or I'm glad to know your opinion and just put it like frosting right on top of your cupcake that represents the decision you're making and you being able to believe it's the right one. Similarly, you have a cupcake when it comes to making yourself happy, being satisfied with your life, loving the life you're living. This is why when we get married and we falsely think things like, my spouse completes me, or now I'll be happy, or he'll make me happy, or when he's not here, I can't be happy, or also if we're telling ourselves little lies like, once I have a different job, or once we move, or once my kids reach a certain age, then I'll be happy, right? That's us taking our happiness cupcake or satisfaction cupcake, whatever you want to call it, and saying, once my circumstances change, or once I get some more frosting, or once, you know, other these things outside of you, once these things outside of me happen, then I'll be happy. But to take that ownership back of that cupcake and say, I want to be happy right now. I want to be satisfied right now with my mess, with my chaos, with my cracks (laughs) in my cupcake. I've told you this, I lovingly call it my circus. Another fun one I've heard is I run a tight shipwreck. So sometimes I'll call it my shipwreck. (laughs) And I just want to enjoy today. I've spent a lot of time saying, once I don't have toddlers, once I'm not pregnant, once I'm not nursing, then I'll be happy. And I've just decided to stop telling myself that lie, that my satisfaction cupcake belongs to me and that I can be satisfied today. I won't be more satisfied later. I just, it's available for me to feel satisfied at any point in my life, no matter what's happening to me. And at some points in my life, I don't want to feel satisfied, but that's also just up to me. And I'm just careful not to tell myself those lies anymore of, maybe lies is too strong of a word, but just those little tricks of my lower brain that if you know, my children were more well-behaved, or if I was getting more sleep, or if our house was cleaner, then I could be satisfied and happy. And instead, I figure out what my needs are when it comes to my personal satisfaction and happiness. And I take care of those needs. And then when my house is clean, I love when my house is clean and it is frosting on top of my cupcake. And when my children are well-behaved, it's my favorite. And it's just frosting on top of my satisfaction cupcake. This is so powerful. I know I've said that like about six times in this episode, but oh, it just gets me so excited. Okay, well, those are my examples for now. I hope that those illustrated to you this concept and that you're able to see what I mean when I talk about the cupcake representing your needs and the frosting representing your wants. I want to re-emphasize one more time that it is okay to have cracks in your cupcake. I'm not saying that you have a responsibility to keep your cupcakes whole at all times. But what you do have a responsibility to do is to not try to give your cracks away. Don't try to take other people's frosting and fill your cracks. It won't work ever. There's not enough frosting in the world to repair a crack in a cupcake. You learn to sit with your cracks. You learn to own your cracks. You learn to fix your cracks. And you learn what thoughts create more cracks. And it's all yours. It's all yours to own and hold on to and wrap your arms around and just keep the responsibility of. Okay, so your mission for the week is to take a look at your life, start to see it represented by cupcakes, inspect your cupcakes for cracks, decide which ones that you're working on and wanting to just sit with right now, and decide the ones that you're done with, that you don't want that crack anymore. And when you find ones that you are done with, that you do not want in your life anymore, start with the thoughts. Own that your thoughts are what have created that crack and your thoughts are what will repair that crack. 
So at when you've inspected your cupcakes, just correctly categorize cupcake and frosting and run some models and see what you can do about the thoughts that are creating cracks that you're done with. If you want any help with this process, as always, you can reach out to me, jesse at simplyresilient.net, and I would love to help you take a look at your cupcakes. Okay, we're going to end the episode with a hot mess moment. This is a funny story from 2007. So I was living in Southern California with my parents while Brad was at basic training, and we had our two little babies, Jane and Marin, and one morning, I got up earlier than everybody else with my six-month-old. Marin and I come out to feed her and take care of her while everyone else is still asleep and there's a note on the counter and I wish I had taken a picture of this note because it was just so funny and it just represents my dad so well so my dad wrote this note and it said if I don't wake up don't eat the honey now I was pretty tired at the, in the moment and I just thought oh that's weird I don't even understand what that means and as I sat there feeding my little girl thinking about that note if I don't wake up don't eat the honey and I started I was just kind of like laughing and flabbergasted. Like I realized, I started to realize what it meant that he ate something that he was worried might kill him. I don't know. Anyway, he was the last one to go to bed most nights. And I ran in his room once I figured out that (laughs) that's what he meant. And he was fine. And I asked him about the note and he explained his side of the story. So then he was able to tell me that he'd been up late the night before. Before he went to bed, he decided to make himself a little piece of toast And he had this tub of honey that they had found in somebody's food storage, basement, cellar. I don't know. Just kind of this really, I don't know the source of the honey. I'm sure he knew the source of the honey, but it was a little scary looking. It was quite old. It might have been a funny color. I I don't know. And he decided, well, I want to make some toast and... We, we, need to eat, we need to eat up this honey or something. I don't know. And he decided to use that honey to put on his toast. And after he got in bed that night, he just had this little thought pop in his head. What if that honey is really bad and has some, you know, something in it that could like poison me and kill me and I could die in my sleep and then I would be dead when everyone woke up in the morning and they would have no idea why I died. And then what if they ate the honey and then they died too because they didn't know that's what killed me. So then he gets up out of his bed and writes this note. If I'm not, if I don't wake up in the morning, don't eat the honey. I mean, it's just this heroic, sweet, hilarious story that represents my dad so well. And it's funny on so many levels. Obviously, it's not funny if he really were to pass away, but it's so funny that he thought that And it's so funny that he ate old scary honey. And it's so funny that he thought we would eat old scary honey. He's kind of known for eating old scary things. It doesn't faze him mostly. And he kind of likes his food burnt. And I don't know what's going on with his taste buds, but he just is kind of willing to eat anything. And so we laughed so hard that he thought for sure he would die. We'd be planning his funeral and we'd all scoop up some of this old scary honey on and put it on our toast while we're, you know, mourning his death. And then we'd all die too, because we would just never eat old scary honey. Oh, anyway, we love that story. And we'll often say, don't eat the honey (laughs) just to, as kind of an inside joke. So I wanted to share that with you guys today. I, I, I love my dad. He's so awesome and quirky and 
If you ever meet him, you'll love him too. Okay, that's what I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for making time in your day to listen to this episode. If you are enjoying this podcast, please go to my website, simplyresilient.net to download my free guide to thriving during deployment. I also love when you share this podcast with your friends and rate and review it. Remember that when we choose to intentionally manage our minds, we go from feeling mentally miserable to feeling like a mental warrior. You've got this. I'll talk to you soon. Over and out.